Well, hello, God bless. Welcome back again to the Bible teaching channel of A Love Outreach. My name is Dave Nelson. Once again, today we are going to go ahead and take a look at another chapter of Proverbs. It is the 22nd day of the month. So we will go ahead and take a look at Proverbs chapter 22. Now, I am recording this live and just kind of going through it in a very casual way. Um, I have mentioned in past times that we've done the book of Proverbs like this, that there is indeed a much deeper study that you can do on the book of Proverbs, and I have done those studies before. But the purpose of this is just kind of to be like a daily devotional type thing um, as we go through each and every day of the month. And over a period of time here, I will end up covering all 31 chapters of the book of Proverbs. But um, if you're so inclined to do so, you have the time, I really um, recommend that you do, first of all, take time to read the Proverbs on a daily basis, make it a part of your daily reading. Um, as you may know, and I have mentioned in a few different teachings at least, um, 31 chapters of Proverbs and uh, 31 days in a lot of months, so you can. it can be a daily thing that you do. So I really encourage you to do that. But uh, again, I'm just kind of pushing the live button and kind of um, reading through these things and kind of sharing whatever comes into my own mind on my own heart as I read these. So if you've come upon this recording or this video, um, thank you for joining us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know where you're watching from. If you want to comment, um, this is actually, I am kind of beta testing something here with the software program that I used, that I use for streaming live and which is what I'm doing right now. Although, um, you know, I didn't, you know, advertise this or anything like that. So no one really knows that I push the live button and am live. So as you're listening to it, you're listening to it as something that was pre-recorded most likely. Um, but I'm beta testing on a software program here, streaming to two different places for video uh, simultaneously. So um, for the first time I'm live on Facebook, at least I think I am. I'm not really checking it, I'm just kind of moving forward here. I guess I'll check it afterwards, but I'm also live on YouTube. So kind of testing that out. So who knows how that part of it from a technological standpoint is going to go. But all that said, let's go ahead and begin reading Proverbs chapter 22, starting in verse 1. Um, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. You know, many people miss it on this. Many people have gone through life. Um, you may know someone like this. Um, you may be this kind of person yourself that is so focused on money, so focused on wealth, so focused on making it, having a successful life, um, things like that, that the world tries to, you know, put on you and stress you out with great riches, for example. A good name is better than that. Having a good reputation, having loving favor, having, you know, you can spend your whole life, you know, seeking after money, seeking after riches, and you lose relationships with people. You lose that loving favor. And having that favor, favorable relationships with people, that loving favor and, and that good name, that good reputation, uh, it's, I'm going to put my phone on silent here. Excuse me. I forgot to do that before I started. But anyway, um, it's better than silver and gold. It's better than great riches. And sometimes you need to just stop and think about that. Just take a pause in your life and say, hey, you know, what am I focused on? Am I valuing the relationships that are in my life? Am I valuing, you know, what kind of value am I placing on my time with my wife, my time with my husband, my time with my children? 
you know, the Bible says to redeem the time for the days are evil. The Bible says to that, that life is but a vapor that appears for just this short period of time and it's gone. And oftentimes when you're young, I mean, I'm 57 years old now, but oftentimes, oftentimes when you're younger, you can make the mistake of focusing on riches and silver and gold and, you know, what you can get, what you can gain in this life and you, you lose the value um, that's in those that are around you, those that you can spend time with now, quality time with now, okay? It could be your parents, you know, you don't have them for long. You know, they're, they're going to be in the natural course of life. They're going to be gone before you and they're going to be gone before you know it. And really the same thing holds true with everyone around you. So we a good name, a good reputation, focus, be focused on that. Loving favor, having good relationships, having love in your life. Focus on that. Now verse two goes on, says, says the rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. You know, oftentimes if you become rich, you can make the mistake as well, becoming high-minded, thinking you're above everyone else, right? Thinking there's something different about you, thinking there's something better about you because you've achieved a certain level of what the world calls success. But really the Lord He's the one to be lifted up. He's the one to be praised. He is the maker of both the rich and the poor. He's the maker of all. You know, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. And we need to be giving glory to him in the way that we live our lives. Now, verse three says, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. We have seen that written several different ways throughout the book of Proverbs thus far about being able to look to the future, being able to look ahead, using discretion and saying, you know, if I make this choice to go in the direction, that path, if you're a young man, if you're a young woman, if, you know, for example, you may say, you know, well, this guy's cool. This person's cool. I want to hang around this person. I want to be around this person. Uh, and you're not being prudent. You're not being wise, you know, because they might be going, if they're going in the way of unrighteousness, if they're doing things that are not good and pure and holy and just and of good report, right? If they're not doing these kind of things, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals, okay? So the simple, that is the stupid, the second half of this verse, you know, those that are simple-minded, those that don't think on things rightly, they just pass on. In other words, they just they just go into whatever, whatever feels good. If it's fun, if it looks like fun, if it's exciting, I'm just going to do that. And eventually there's punishment for that. There's something that comes upon you. And you may, you may think, well, you get away with something now, but you're always going to reap what you sow. In the long run, something's going to come back on you in one way, shape, or form. The choices that you make today. So be prudent. Um, foresee what's in the future, the evil be, uh, use discretion, okay, in the decisions that you make. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor in life. So in other words, he talks about in verse one, these great riches and loving, you know, loving favor is better than great riches, you know, and silver and gold and, and all of that, right? Or, you know, a, a good name, is better, right? Then he says here, though, by humility and the fear of the Lord, he's saying, you know, this is what is of great value. This is what riches really are. This is what honor really is. This is what life really should be about. Humility and the fear of the Lord, reverencing the Lord, being a humble person. And this world doesn't teach us that. You know, there's a lot of arrogance being taught in this world. You know, you see it in sports, you see it in, you know, all, kind, all, all walks of life. You know, there is this arrogance to people. You know, they think because they make a basket, for example, in basketball or they hit a home run in baseball, they get to act cocky, stick their chest out and do all that kind of stuff, right? That's not the way of the humble man. That's not the way of the humble woman. That's not the way of the person that's in Christ, that has the mind of Christ. 
okay? That's not the example that we should be setting. And again, we're reading something here where Solomon is, is directing his son and he's guiding his son. And Solomon is not one that we can say did everything right, you know? And, you know, as we go through life and as we go through life as parents, no matter how hard you try, there's always going to be things that you slip up on. There's always going to be things that you do wrong. But when you do and when you learn these things and you, you've gained this wisdom, now you want to give it back. And that's what Solomon's doing here. He's giving this wisdom back to his son, saying, look, we, you need to be humble. Don't be chasing after riches. I've done there. I've, I've done that. Excuse me. I've been there, done that, right? Um so we get this wisdom now. We get the benefit of this wisdom as we read the book of Proverbs today. Thorns and snares, verse five says, are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. Looking at the second half of that verse, it brings something to my mind here. He who guards his soul will be far from them. Far from what? Far from uh, thorns and snares. Okay? If you're guarding your soul, you're going to avoid trouble. You're going to avoid a lot of snags in life, things that will scrape you up, cut you up. You're going to avoid all of that, right? But the way of the perverse, the perverse person, the one who's perverted in their way, they're not doing what's right. They're not walking in righteousness. They're going to have those thorns and snares. But when you're guarding your soul, this is what came to mind, is that is that you realize that that's what is important about who you are. It's not about what you gain in this life. It's not about riches and, you know, and all of that stuff. It's not about the clothes that you wear. It's not about your outward appearance. It's not about how many friends you have and all of that kind of stuff. It's not about that at all. It's about your soul. And you were created as a living soul. You know, when God created man, it says that he breathed into the nostrils of Adam, right? And man became a living soul. We are created in the image of God. We are a soul. And I'm constantly reminding you of this as we go through these teachings. It's all about who you are internally, not who you are externally, Okay? Not how people see you, not about your appearance, not about the success that you've attained in life and all of that kind of stuff. It's about the man you are, the woman that you are in your soul. So you need to guard your soul. And, you know, this, you know, well, I'm not going to worry about the time here. I was going to say this is making us a little bit longer going through all of this, but I'm just going to tell you what's coming on my heart here. What does it mean to guard your soul? Well, what you're allowing into your eyes, what you're watching, what you're listening to, what you're leaning toward, that who you're hanging around, all of that stuff is going to influence you. You may think it will not, but it will influence who you are internally, who you are as a soul will be impacted, will be influenced by what you're allowing yourself to see and to hear and all of that, you know, who you're hanging around, your philosophies of life, your worldview, all of that will begin to deteriorate if you're not guarding yourself and basing your life upon the firm foundation that is the word of God, your relationship with Jesus Christ and being obedient to the word of God. Okay, now look, as we, as we look at all of this, here we come upon verse six. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, maybe many of you can say that you weren't trained up in a biblical manner, trained up in the word of God, trained up in the way that you should go in a proper way of life. Um, I wasn't either. You know, I had a good life. Things were provided for me and all that, but there's a lot of guidance and direction from who I, in terms of who I was as a soul that I didn't get in life. For me, it wasn't until I began to read the book of Proverbs myself as about a 20-year-old guy, 19, I might have, been, might have been around 19 years old at that time when I read the book of Proverbs. I was still acting a fool, still living in the ways of the world at that time. I, I didn't come to Christ till I was 21 years old. But 
there began to be this foundation, this cleansing. And I kind of look at it and I've taught it in this way in the past when I've taught youth, um, you know, teenage people that I've taught, you know, it's like I picture like a 55 gallon drum, you know, that is full or you can take a five gallon bucket, whatever you want to do, fill, fill it up with fill it up with dirt and then stick a hose in there and let that hose run in there, right? Eventually, all that dirt starts to get cleansed out of you. And that's what the word of God does within you. It begins to cleanse you out, cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And all of this comes out of comes out of you and you've got that pure water in you. And for us as Christians, if you're a Christian, you have the spirit of the Lord within you. You have that living water within you. And we constantly need to be being filled with the spirit in that way for the purifying of our soul. So when we train up a child in the way that they should go, you know, we're going to begin to pour into that child. So if you're a parent, you begin to pour into that child from a very young age, the importance of who they are as a living soul and teaching them in the way that they should go. And that is in the way of obedience, obedience to you as their parents, because they need to honor their mother and father in the Lord, that it may be well with them, that they'll live long on the earth. That's a scripture promise there, right, for that child, um, but also training up, training them up in the word of God. That's the way they should go. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. That's the way that we need to go, okay? We need to walk in obedience to him. Jesus said, if we build our lives upon his commands, we obey his commands, then we're built upon a firm foundation. And when the storms of life come and the winds and the waves beat against that house that is built upon the rock, it stands. Why? Because it has that rock, that foundation. So this is why it is important to train up a child in the way that they should go. And if you don't get a hold of them if you're a parent and you wait, you let society raise them, you let the public school system raise them, the charter school system raise them, any other thing where you're not involved specifically in their lives, teaching them in the way of the Lord, teaching them the ways of the word of God and such well, then they're not going to go in the way that they should go. They're going to have that influence around them of other people, like I've talked about here in previous verses, right? They, they've got to be taught, like we see in verse five, to guard their soul. That's the key thing. If I could speak to any parents out there about child rearing, about raising up their children, the key thing is teaching them who they are as a living soul and not letting the world, Satan and his, and his system, he is the God of this age. He is blinding the eyes of people so they will not come to this truth. They will not come to Christ. So they're raised up to think they're just bodies. They're, they're, you know, they're animals. They came from animals. They evolved from animals. They're not a creation, all of that kind of stuff. So they live like animals. They act like animals. They sin. They do things without any care or any concern about who they are as a living soul because as we see in verse five, they're not guarding their souls. So what happens? They're gonna end up with thorns and snares in their path because they're living in a perverse manner, living in the ways that are contrary to the word of God. So that is why verse six then becomes so important here in Proverbs 22 that you train up your child in the way that they should go. It's the word of God. That's the foundation. Uh, I was just asked this morning uh, about any books on parenting and you know, I'm sure there's a lot of good books out there that are on parenting. And if they are good books, they're going to take you back to the good book, the Word of God, and they're going to teach you the Word of God. But, the, but a very simplistic answer to that question about where do we go anyway for training and how we teach our children and all that, we've got to go to the Bible and we've got to stand upon it. We've got to stand upon it. We've got to discipline our children in the way that the Bible teaches us to, with the rod of 
correction because every child is born with foolishness within them. I was, you were, every child is born that way. We live in a fallen world. It's because of sin. We're born into sin, okay? We're born to, we're bent for that bad direction. But there's something that drives us far, drives that foolishness far from us, and that is the Word of God. The Word of God will drive that foolishness from us. Um, and obedience to the Word of God is what I really should say. And the Word of God teaches us that the rod of correction will drive that foolishness far from the child. So we're being obedient to the Word of God. Okay? So let's move on. Verse 7. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Okay? So there's just some wisdom good wisdom, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Do you want to be a servant? Do you want to be a slave? Well, if you do, be one to Jesus. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Be his subject. Be his servant. Be his slave. Be obedient to him. But when it comes to anyone else and the things of this world and all of that kind of stuff, if you're going to go out and you're going to get yourself in the debt, you're, you're making yourself a servant to that, whatever it is. You go out, you get that car that you want, you get that motorcycle that you want, you get that boat that you want, but you're making payments on it and all that. You're a servant to that, okay? And you're going to be paying for that and paying for that, right? So, you know, you should put yourself in a position where you're wise in the way that you handle your money as well. So you don't become that slave to someone else, that slave to the bank or whatever it may be, right? He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow and the rod of his anger will fail. So when you are a person that is reacts to things in anger, and that's the rod of your anger. That's how you deal with things. You strike forth in anger. Um, you're headed for failure. And you're sowing iniquity. You're, and, and when you do sow iniquity and you do things, in other words, you plant seeds of iniquity, seeds of sin, you're going to reap from it. It's going to come back on you. And what you will reap is sorrow. You will be sorrow, sorrowful. Here's the good news, though. If you get sorrowful enough, and you have this godly sorrow, that godly sorrow where you're really sor sorrowful for the sin in your life is going to lead you to repentance and you're going to change your ways and you're going to turn to God and you're going to become obedient to the word of God, okay? Obeying the word of God, okay? And look, a lot of times, and maybe you're that child out there that wasn't trained up in the way that they should go, or maybe you're that parent out there and you've now got a teenager that you know wasn't disciplined in the way of the word of God with the rod of correction. They weren't trained up in the way that they should go, and now they're reaping and you're reaping as a result. As a parent, you're reaping because of what your child is reaping and what they're going through right now. Um, look, there's room for repentance. First of all, there's room for you to repent as the parent. I know that sounds crazy and maybe you've never been told that as a parent, but if you've failed in the way that you've raised up your child, you should be sorrowful for that and repent before God and there's forgiveness. And then you just move on and you, let, you can even let your child know and that would be a wonderful thing that I would advise you to do if you have a teenage child. Let them know, hey, look, here's where I failed. Here's where I reacted in the wrong way or I did something wrong. Maybe you acted in anger towards your child. Maybe you disciplined your child in anger, which you shouldn't do. We should discipline our children in love, right? Teaching them, admonishing them, correcting them, loving them, gently guiding them. And I always tell parents, and if you're out there and you're a young parent, do not, I mean, look, this may be not a, maybe I'm just over. Uh, what am I saying? Over-dramatizing this? I don't know. But look, don't use your hand to correct your child. Let your hand be an instrument of love. Let your hand be something that you give with, something that you caress with, something that you're gentle with. Okay? Do what the Bible says. It's a rod. 
if you read the book of Proverbs and you look up the word for rod, it's a rod, it's a stick, it's a piece of wood or something like that, you know, that you use on your child's bottom, that place that has the most meat, (laughs) you know, it's made for it, you know, and you're not looking to harm your child. You're not looking to cause your child to bleed or even cause your child to be bruised or anything like that. You're looking to correct them, but this is the word of God. And I know some of you out there may be hearing what I'm saying. If you've happened to come upon this teaching and you might not like it, you might not like what I'm saying, but I really don't care if I'm, because I'm just pointing you to the word of God. This is not, you know, this is not child rearing according to Dave. This is child rearing according to the Bible, okay? But look, sometimes maybe you as a parent, you have failed and you've disciplined your child in anger. And maybe you did that multiple times and now your teenager is resentful and bitter toward the way, toward you and the way that you discipline them. You can repent. You can tell that child that you're sorry for doing that, that your heart is sorrowful and ask for their forgiveness and show them this is the way I should have done it. This is what I should have done. I should have been led by the Spirit. And remember, what's the fruit of the Spirit? Gentleness, temperance, self-control, right? So when we discipline our children, we do it in love, we do it in gentleness, but yet we do it in firmness, we do it in correction, okay? We're doing it with a desire to correct them is what I'm trying to say, because we care for their soul. And we want to train them to be that child that, like in verse 5, avoids the thorns and the snares, and they're guarding their soul. We want to train them to be that person that cares about who they are as a living soul. But we, as a living soul, as a parent, I should say, I'm beyond those years with the discipline of my children, Right, they're all grown and have children of their own. But we as a parent need to be gentle. We need to be led by the Spirit when we do discipline our children. Okay? So, he who has a generous eye, verse 9, will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. This is speaking of that person that is generous. They're given of of your bread, your provision, that which you've been provided for. Give us, we pray, give us this day our daily bread, right? We want the Lord to, to provide for us. And then we of our bread, as this verse is talking about here, verse nine, we're generous with what we have and we give to the poor. We give to others that we see have need and that we know have true legitimate needs, okay? Um, Verse 10 says, cast out the scoffer and contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. This is something that our country, you know, just in my own opinion here, is failing in. We need to be dealing with those that are causing problems in society. They're scoffing at that which is good, that which is right. Okay? That which is holy, that which is pure, they're scoffing at it, scoffing at it, and we need to put a stop to it. Now, this also needs to be in your church, for example. You've got someone that's causing contention, you, you, you cast them out, and strife and reproach will cease. God wants us living in peace. He wants us living in peace as a nation, as a state, as communities, all of that kind of stuff. But especially as living souls, he wants us living in peace. And we need to not hang around the scoffer, not let that scoffer be around that person that's causing contention, you know, that's, that's causing strife. You need to get away from it, get them out, right? He who loves purity of heart and has grace on his lips, the king will be his friend. He who loves purity of heart and has grace on his lips, the king will be his friend. So kind of speaking of the king in the sense of the one that, you know, if you have a good king, 
if you have a righteous leader, then they're going to care about what is good for society. They're going to care that there is peace, right? They're going to deal with the scoffers. They're going to deal with the strife makers. You know, they want to keep peace and all that. So they're going to love the person if they're good, if the leaders and the rulers are good. Um, he's saying here that they're going to love the person that has grace on his lips, speaks good things, that has a pure heart, right? If you look at the scoffers and you look at all the people that are causing contention and strife and rioting and all of that stuff that goes on, they're loud mouths. Just look at them. They're running their mouths and yelling and screaming and disobeying authority and blah, 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 right? All of that over and over and over again. There's no grace on their lips because they, they're not pure of heart. They're not living with love, Okay. Going back to the child rearing thing, we want to raise children that are that way. It's unfortunate. Many children that grow up to be scoffers that cause, that are contentious and, and cause strife and don't have grace on their lips and they're vulgar with their mouth and all of that. They didn't have any parenting in their life. And that's sad. I feel for that. That's sad. But they are now responsible for themselves and they can repent and they can be corrected if they're willing to do so, right? The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, but he overthrows the words of the faithless, okay? So the eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge. So he, he pays attention to those that have the knowledge of what is right. That's what that means. The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge. He's looking at those that, that are doing what's right, that are doing what is good. But when he sees those that are faithless, he overthrows their words. In other words, they're not living in the way that he prescribes. You see, what pleases God is faith. It's faith that pleases God. And we are to walk, if you're a Christian, then, then you and I ought to be walking by faith and not by sight. Okay, look, you know, I know I've pointed this out a couple times before, but just look at what I'm doing right now, right? I'm spending time teaching the word of God and I do this by faith. I do this by faith. The God that I believe in, the Lord that I know, Jesus, the King, I walk by faith in him, not by sight. I don't see him today. And I ain't gonna tell you that I Oh, in some weird sense, I feel his presence here today. No, I walk by faith in him, but yet I see the outcome and the, of his influence on my life when I continue in the faith and I press on in the faith as I have done for 36 years now. And there are many others that have done it much longer than me, continued in the faith, right? But that's what God cares about that we're walking in the way that pleases him and it's faith that please him, pleases him, we're told in the New Testament, okay? Verse 13, the lazy man says there is a lion outside and I will be slain in the streets. Now, none of us like to think of ourselves as being lazy, right? But oftentimes when we live in a manner where we say, no, nah, I'm not gonna do that. You know, maybe, maybe even something good that the Lord, and I'm speaking to you that are Christian, right? You that are, have been born again of the Spirit. You know, there's something that the Lord has placed on your heart to do, and it's something good to do. But you say, no, nah, I'm not going to do it because I'm going to get smacked down. I'm going to get cut down. I'm going to get eaten alive. I don't want to get in all that. They're going to come after me, this, that, the other thing, all these different excuses. You need to walk by faith. You need to do what the Lord calls you to do, no matter who the audience is. It might be an audience of none as it, excuse me, as it pertains to this world. There might be an audience of none. But what I do, for example, in doing this, I do by faith. I just do it by faith. And I'm being obedient to the Lord in doing this. And, you know, believe me, there were, I mean, I had the idea to do this kind of thing years ago, right? But, you know, I had that mentality sometimes, that, well, there's a lion outside, I'm gonna be slain, I'm not gonna do it. And this applies to other areas of your life as well, your, maybe your vocation, you know, maybe something that you wanna do in life from a work standpoint, but you say, oh, I'm not gonna do that because, uh, uh, I, you know, that's gonna, 
you know, eat me alive. Speaking of a lion, right? That's going to eat me up. It's going to tear me up. I don't want to get into that. I'd rather just stay in this safe place. But in reality, you're just being lazy. And if we're honest, we've all been there, done that, right? We're just being lazy when we don't do what we know is something good to do that's placed in our hearts to do, okay? Verse 14, kind of, we're switching from kind of subject to subject here in many ways as we go through this uh, chapter here, 29 verses of it today. Uh, but verse 14 says, the mouth of an immoral woman is a deep pit. He who is aboard by the Lord will fall there, okay? So that person that is abhorred by the Lord, in other words, you don't have the favor of the Lord in your life because you're not living righteously. You're not doing what is right. You're gonna end up going in the way of the immoral woman. You're gonna be going, chasing after things you should not be chasing after, okay? Maybe she, the mouth of the immoral woman, immoral woman, it says, is a deep pit right? Maybe she entices you with your words and things like that. And again, remember, I just want to remind you, we're reading a letter that was written from a father to a son in most of these Proverbs that we're reading, okay? So that's the instruction that we're getting here. And there's a lot of you young men that need to know you don't need to go in the way of immorality. And there's a lot of you young women out there that needs to know you don't need to be that immoral woman. You need to be that godly man. You need to be that godly woman. You need to be walking in the path of righteousness, doing what is right. Because otherwise, you man, woman alike, you're going to fall into a deep pit if you're not walking in the way that is good, okay? Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Uh, the, I quoted this verse earlier. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. So we got to train up the child in the way that they should go. How do we do it? The rod of correction, okay? The rod on their bod. Okay, on there, and, and you train them up. And again, you're not doing this with hatred. You're doing this with love. You're doing this with gentleness. You're doing this with kindness. You're doing this with the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? I went all through that, so I'll move on. He who oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty. Right? So, you can make the mistake in life where you're trying to, you know, get favor from someone else that has something, a rich person, right? So you're trying to do things for them, get on their good side and all that for the wrong reason. But you're willing to oppress the poor to get your own gain. You're willing to take from others who don't even have. You're willing to defraud them. And you look at the fraud that's going on in our world today. Okay, identity theft and all of that stuff and people stealing from people. This world is full of evil and always will be until Christ returns. But we need not be those people. You need not be that person. And if you're listening to this teaching, I'm sure you don't want to be, okay? You don't want to be that person that oppresses the poor and does wrong and trying to get on the good side of the rich who may, maybe they got rich in the wrong way, you know, in an evil way, the way of the world. So Solomon's teaching his son this, right? And then he says in verse 17, incline your ear and hear the words of the wise. He's pleading with his son right now. He says, apply your heart to my knowledge. Have you ever felt that way as a parent where you just say, man, I wish my son would just listen to me, wish my daughter would just listen to me. I know what I'm talking about in this situation, but yet they're at that age, they're at that stage of life where they think they know more than you and you're just silly and, and you're not cool and you're just old and all of that kind of stuff, right? So they don't take the, the, the road of saying, yeah, I want to get your knowledge. So Solomon's saying to his son here, please, Listen to the words of the wise. He says in verse 18, for it is a pleasant thing if you keep them with you. The words of the wise, keep them with you. You know, you've got people in your life right now, like I mentioned earlier with life being like a vapor, they're not going to be here long. They're not going to be here very long. Okay, so draw from that well 
of knowledge, that, that deep well of wisdom. Because it'll be, it's a pleasant thing if you keep the words of the wise with you and you let them all be fixed upon your lips. In other words, they influence you in such a way that you speak it from the abundance of your heart. You have wisdom in there and your mouth speaks. So that, he says, so that your trust may be in the Lord. So the person that's given you, that you're getting wisdom from, should be a godly person that's pointing you to the Lord. I have instructed you today, even you. Have I not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth, that you may answer words of truth to those who send you? In other words, Solomon's saying, I'm passing wisdom on to you today. And he's saying here, I'm writing this today. And if you're listening, you've come upon this you know, this recording, this audio, this video, whichever the case may be, listen to it. Listen to this wisdom that's being taught here from the Word of God. Grab onto it. Hold on to it. Keep it with you. It's a pleasant thing if you do. Share it with others. Speak it yourself. Be a wise person. Okay? Then he goes on with more instruction. Do not rob the poor because he is poor, nor oppress the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and plunder the soul of those who plunder them. See, the Lord cares. The Lord's watching out. The Lord's taking care of things. But again, he wants to use you and the bread that he gives you, the daily bread that he gives you, so that you will help others. Okay? And, and you don't plunder the poor. You don't steal from them. You don't oppress them. We need to be generous people. Otherwise, you're only going to do yourself harm in the long run because the Lord is watching. Make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man do not go. He's telling his son, be wise. Pay attention to who you're hanging out with and the way they behave and the way they're acting. Don't walk that way. Don't go that way. He says, lest you learn his way and set a snare for your soul. Again, it's going to rub off on you. Bad company corrupts good morals. This is another way we need to train up our children in. Hey, no. You know, guard them. When they're in your care, you need to guard them. You need to say, nah, you're not hanging around with that dude. You're not hanging around with that person. Nah, you're not spending the night there. No, you're not doing this. You may become the no man. I was fine with being the no man as a father because I was caring about the soul of my child saying, nope, you're not going there. Nope, you're not doing that. Nope, you're not hanging around with them. Nope, you're not doing that. Okay, so I'd rather be the nope man, you know, and, and be that, you know, person that's standing for what's right because I care about the soul of my children. The day comes when you let them go and then, you know, you move on. Hopefully, though, they're wise enough not to let you go when you've trained them up in the way that they should go, right? Do not be one of those who shakes hands in a pledge, one of those who's surety for debts. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be that person that says, oh yeah, you know, if you can't do it, I'll take care of it for you. If they can't do it, they shouldn't do it. If they, if they don't have the money to do it, they shouldn't do it. Why are you going to back up what they shouldn't be doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why are you going to be the one that says, yeah, I'll put myself on the line. If, they don't have, if you don't have the money to buy something, don't buy it. You know, if you can't cover it yourself, you know, you shouldn't be the fool to try to cover someone else's debt, right? If you have nothing with which to pay, he says in verse 27, why should, why should he take away your bed from under you? Right? And again, if they can't pay for it, don't, they shouldn't have it. They don't need it. And you don't need to back them up in that, you know? And uh, they may say, well, you're not my friend. Then you're not there for me. You're not helping me do something that I think I want to do. But you know, there's a better way or, uh, you know, there's another way that they can do it, a way that doesn't require them to go into debt. And, you know, they, they may hate you for it, but why should they pull the bed out from under you, Right. Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Wonderful verse of Proverbs there, verse 28. Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. In other words, if you have had a father in your life, 
a mother in your life, someone in your life that's that's just that good representation of 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 a firm foundation. They've built their life upon it, and they've set a landmark. They've set boundaries. That is, that's what that speaks to. Boundaries, something that they set up, something that they established, something that they raised you in, something that they trained you up in. You shouldn't be tearing down those boundaries because you think there's a better way. Or you think that the friends you're hanging around with now know more than your parents and the boundaries your parents set up, even though you know the boundaries that your parents set up worked. They worked out. They were good. Right, but you say, no, I think there's a better way. No, I think I can do it this way. Oh, I think my dad's a fool for thinking that way or whatever the case may be. You're not honoring your mother and father in that. And the Bible was teaching us here, do not remove that ancient landmark, right, which your fathers have set. There's boundaries that have been set up that, that have been set up for good and they've worked out for good in, in your life and you know that they have going that way. Again, I didn't have those boundaries in my own personal life, but the boundaries that have been set for me have been the word of God, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing today with this, like this. I'm pointing you to the word of God because I know the power of it. I know the impact of it. And I know how it will lead you in the right path and in that which is good. Verse 29, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. This is a wonderful chapter. Someone that excels in their work is someone that is disciplined in their work. They pay attention to it. They know when to work. They know when not to work. They're doing something good. When they're focused on their work, they're focused on their work, and they excel at it. They're doing good. Well, what does it mean they'll stand before kings? Well, they'll be promoted. And they'll be promoted again, and they'll be promoted again, you know? And you're going to be in the right place at the right time if you're disciplined in your work. So all of these things we're seeing in Proverbs chapter 22 is about going in the right way. If you're a parent, train up your child in the way that they should go. If you're an individual who's already been raised up and you've not had this in your life, Yield your life to the ways of the word of God. Be disciplined in the word of God. Let the word of God correct you. Let the word of God instruct you. Let the word of God discipline you. And then say, you know what? I need to change. I need to be sorrowful for the way that I've been living, the things that I've been doing. You can repent. Again, you might be a parent that needs to repent. You may be a child, an individual that needs to repent. Maybe you grew up fatherless. You grew up without parental guidance or the proper, maybe you had parental guidance. Maybe you had people in your life that provided you with food, shelter, and clothing. Yeah, that's great. But maybe you didn't get proper instruction. And maybe for the first time, you're hearing proper instruction from the word of God. Okay? And uh, that's where you're going to find the way of wisdom and the path of righteousness. And that's where you're going to find that which is good. So again, uh, like I said, we went through that, but there I'm sure you can do a much deeper study than what I just did with the word of God here. But I just want to encourage you and exhort you that you can get on. Look, we just took, what, 48 minutes to do that. You can take the time in your life to get on and do uh, a study of the word of God yourself, open up your Bible and read it. Um, thank you, Nose Nugget, for listening here. Howdy from Texas. Uh, Ninety-five. He says 95% of people can homeschool their kids but are just plain lazy, in my humble opinion, I think that means, right? Well, I'm sure that there are, you know, many other factors in people's lives. Homeschooling, we did it. We homeschooled our children K through 12. I use the word we lightly. Um, my wife did a wonderful job of homeschooling our kids all the way through while I went out and worked and all of that. And yes, it's much better if you are in a position where you can do so. You can make that sacrifice and it is a sacrifice to do so. I am a proponent of that, a strong proponent of being a uh, homeschooler if you can do it, 
It's definitely a blessing. But if you can't and your children are going to a public school or to a charter school or something like that, make sure you know everything that's going on. Talk with your children. Establish a relationship with them. Make sure that you're the one that's that's properly dis- disciplining them, that you're the one that's giving them the proper world view, right? Um, <laughs> no Snugget says here, when we are a nope man, like I was saying, we keep your you keep your kids from being a dope man. Uh, I'll say it like that, right? Because I'm sure that's how he meant it. But and that's true. That's true. So again, all of this requires sacrifice. All of this requires discipline. You know, we need to discipline ourselves, right? We need to beat ourselves into subjection to being a person that listens to the word of God, hears the word of God, lives out the word of God. Most importantly, we're living out the word of God, you know, and we're making it a part of our daily lives and it's hidden our hearts so that we might not sin against the Lord. And then yes, we train up the Lord. And yes, we can counsel others. We can get to that point in our lives where, you know, where we get the beam out of our own eye and we're living in the right way ourselves. And then we can see clearly at that point when we do, like Jesus said, to see the speck in our brother's eye or in someone else's eye and we can help them. But all of this becomes a part of our lives when we are rooted and grounded in the word of God ourselves. So look, again, this was, um, I want to stop there. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, whichever the case may be, as you've come upon this teaching. Like I said, this is the first time I've tried to go ahead and uh, multi-stream. I've gone out to Facebook and to YouTube at the same time from a video standpoint. Many of you, the majority of you listen to me though via audio, via SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. We're out there on various podcast platforms. Um, So thank you for listening. But I'm just hoping that maybe this multi-streaming worked out. I'm just kind of like beta testing a beta software version of uh, the program that I use to try to do it to two places at once today. So anyway, there you have it. We've been doing this now for uh, 52 minutes coming up on, but God bless. Thank you for watching. Um, You know, I I never do this and I'm usually hesitant to do this, but I'm going to say this anyway. If you've come upon this, share it, like it, subscribe. I don't know that I've ever said that uh, because the Lord's will be done in all of that. But uh, there you go. I've said it. But God bless you and we will see you next time.